What's going on, people? Hello and welcome to the Capable Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Pinnock, and I'm here with my man, Alan O'Gara. How's it going, Al? How's it going? How's it going, people? I'm all good, all good. Feeling a little bit flustered, <laughs> if I must admit. Just from, uh, to... Some technical issues, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. A little, yeah, I think what, what we had there was um, I wanted to make a lot of fun of you about uh, with your technical issues. And now with my own technical issues, um, I'm going to have to kind of take that one back. So, yes, this is me. I think you, I think you should really conf- should really confess, really, as to um, where you were going with it to actually what's actually happened. Okay, all right. Let me confess to- and I will take I will take this on the chin. So... For everybody that's listening out there, hopefully you like to skip this part and get right into the meat and gravy. So um, what happened was, is Alan had a little bit of a mishap but with no audio. And I mocked him for it. I mocked him, I laughed, I made him confess as to what he did while we were recording the podcast. However, the mistake I made was I didn't press record while I was mocking Alan. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> We didn't actually record that part of the podcast. We got a little, we got quite deep in, and then I realised I hadn't pressed record. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to take the L on that one. Take two. Take two is what we're at now. That's what this episode will be called, Take Two. (laughs) But we're going to be positive about this. We're going to think positive. We're going to look at this from a positive perspective. And um, if you're having any difficulty with that, we have somebody wonderful with us today who's going to um, talk talk us through positive thinking, the power of positive thinking, and give us some little tips, some little tips on how we're going to be able to do that. So for you guys listening pleasure, uh, I'd like to introduce Trish Heights. Hey, Hi. Trish, how are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. You're welcome. Hey, Thanks Trish. for being so patient, Trish. Of course. <laughs> With my terrible uh, hiccups there. Um, uh, you're certainly not the only person who has technological issues from time to time. So yeah, I just seem to have them every Friday, though. <laughs> every, Friday, every Friday, Trish. Every Friday, Trish. You think I'd learn by now? So how you do? So Trish, um, so we, uh, you know, thank you for reaching out, and um, we've had a conversation already, and so I have an idea of what's going on. But for um, for Alan and our listeners, can you give them a little heads up as to what it is that you do? So uh, my official title is Empowerment Coach. Uh, I have a business where, uh, as an empowerment coach, I help people identify their belief systems and and identify and discover what can be self-defeating or self-sabotaging about what we believe about ourselves um, and how we do the world, our value in the world, et cetera. It's a process um, I use an acronym for called DARE, dare your beliefs so uh, the d is to discover what you're self-sabotaging or self-defeating uh, or just limiting beliefs or beliefs are about you uh, and who you are in the world uh, then we assess what comes up about that uh, to see where did those beliefs come from and the faults mostly they're very false we all have very false beliefs about ourselves that we created in childhood so we kind of sort that out and take it apart then we reconstruct your belief system based on what you want to have or be in your life and then uh so that's the r d uh so it's discover assess reconstruct and then the e is for expand and then learning how to continually expand your positive high level high vibrational belief about who you are and your gifts in the world so with the expand, is that so that you expand it into every other area of your life? Exactly. So whatever you have, uh, well, everything that um, is in our life is based on what we believe about ourselves, um, our employment, the people that we meet, personal life, the relationships that they have, everything is based on what you believe about yourself and how you fit into the world. And so when you look around you, I always say to people, if you're not sure if you want to take this journey, just look around, look at your personal life, look at your business life, your work life, your uh, personal relationships, friendships, love relationships, whatever. Is everything where you want it to be? And if the answer is no, then we need to look at what you believe about yourself that you haven't been able to get what you want. There's something that you don't realize that is limiting you. You either... I mean, so many different things, but examples are uh, the most common are I don't deserve, I'm not enough, uh, I'm not pretty enough, 
uh, I'm not, I don't have the money enough. Um, I'm not funny enough, whatever it is. It's mm. always about not being enough of that uh, we formed in childhood uh, based on our childlike brain that was too immature to understand what a situation or a comment or something really meant. So we took it that it meant X, Y, Z when that wasn't true at all. That's and then we, carry, and then we carry that through into our adult um into our adult life because we never went back and revisited it to find out if that really was true or not. So I suppose we kind of just accept that, don't we, to be, to be our truth at that point. We do. We, we accept, especially we tend to take on the beliefs of our parents or those that are um, very important in our life, mentors or teachers or whatever, we take on their beliefs. And then we try to, the people that are the most unhappy are when they take on other people's belief and then they try to make that fit for them in the world. And that's not really who they are, but they're always trying to fit a square peg in a round hole for their entire life and can't figure out why nothing ever feels right, why nothing ever fits, why do things not work out for me? Why can't I have the job I want? Why can't I make the money I want? Why can't I have the relationship I want? The list is endless. I suppose it's kind of when you're a, when you're a child, you, you kind of have to accept lots of things, and you do. If someone tells you something, then that's what you accept. And I suppose we don't go back to a point and kind of question those things as to mm. is that actually right? You know, I remember going to to church for years and years and years, and that was just the thing that you you did, and it was a, a belief that was held by parents and this was the right thing to do and you never questioned it. So many things you didn't question exactly. and find out whether they're right for you or not. So yeah, I totally get, get that sentiment. I'll give you another example of a story that I tell when I do speaking engagement workshops or whatever. I think it, it helps people um, understand uh, the complexity of, what, of, of our beliefs as a child and how they affect us as adults. So there's two little boys who live next door to each other. The boy, um, uh, the left-hand side, um, his name is Bobby, and he has a best friend named Mikey who lives in the house directly to his right. And Mikey lives in the house with a big red door. And so Bobby always likes to go to Mikey's house because Mikey has better toys and um, a better room and his mom has better snacks and everything is just way better at Mikey's house. So Bobby always goes over to Mikey's house every day and every day he knocks on the door, the red door, and the mom lets him in and he plays and everything is fine. Well, one day uh, Mikey's mom was trying on uh, costumes for, uh, it was Halloween time and she was trying on costumes for a Halloween party and she had a scary monster outfit on. And she forgot to take the mask off. And when she opened the door, Bobby knocked on the red door and she opened the red door and Bobby was very scared. Oh my God, there's a scary monster there. And he ran away. So of course she had to go find him and take the mask off and explain it was only costume, whatever. But in that moment, when Bobby opened the door, his trauma, his belief, his um, fear, and it was instant. It was instantaneous. Oh my gosh, that's scary. So what stayed in Bobby's mind as a child is, so that means red is scary. When you have red in front of you, red is scary. So he grew up to be a child who uh, wouldn't play with red toys. Then he wouldn't wear clothes that had red in them. And as an adult, he grew up to just not like the color red in any way, shape or form. And then it got to a point where he and his, he's married, he and his wife are out looking for a new house and they find the perfect house in the perfect neighborhood at the perfect price. And it has a red door and he's looking around and he's like, I don't know what it is about this house, but I just don't like it. It just doesn't feel good. It feels not right to me. I just don't like it. And his wife's like, what's the matter with you? This is the best house, blah, blah, blah. So there's a perfect example in a very benign way of how a child makes a decision that something means something when it's not true, just because they're a child and they don't know how to sort that fear out. And so all of us have multiple red doors and many of those red doors are much more traumatic than just having a scary monster out and on when you open it. Um, so all of us 
uh, the idea of what I do in the DARE process is to revisit those red doors and say, so what do you think about this? Is this, you know, when we, when I go through a whole questioning process of what do you want and why don't you have it? And you can't blame it on anyone else. And if you don't have it, why do you think you don't have it? And that's where we get into the real meat and potatoes of it. Like, why do you think you don't have it? We all know. We all have the answers, but we just don't look and we don't search for them. So this is uh, this forces you to search for the answers that you know you have. So it's just like someone holding your hand to look in this dark space that's uh, creating a roadblock for you and saying, wait a minute, this isn't really a dark space. This isn't really a black hole. I can take this apart and realize that it has no hold on me. I can take this apart and realize that this is just something that I created because I thought that it meant X, Y, Z. And so it's not true. And so I can change it. And that's really what the process is all about. But he doesn't have any Ferraris either, does he? <laughs> <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He, if somebody gave him a red Ferrari, he would say, no, I don't want it. <laughs> oh, that's great. So can I, can I ask, because I know you, you mentioned that, you know, we all have a, our own red doors um, and some more traumatic than others. What kind of, what kind of um, traumas have you managed to um, help with your, with um, your DARE program? Okay. So um, I was working with someone who um, she just felt like, there was so much missing from her life. There wasn't anything specific going on, but she just felt like she was older and she, you know, she did everything she was supposed to do. She married the right person. She got the right job. Um, you know, she, now she's at retirement age and she was looking at this, like, I, I just feel like there's something missing. I'm not happy with the way my life did go. Obviously I can't do anything about that, but I felt like I always just did what I was supposed to do um, instead of what I wanted to do. And so it took her until she was um, in her early 60s to look at this and say, gee, my whole life has been about what um, I thought I was supposed to do instead of what I wanted to do. So maybe now is time for me to do what I want to do. So we started exploring why did she feel that she had to do. And so little by little, we got to a place where she said she had a huge aha moment. Like I said, we all have the answers. We all know she had a huge aha moment when she realized that she was molested by her grandfather. Oh, wow. She had completely buried that until we started exploring it. And then it was like, whoa. So we had to, you know, kind of walk through that and what that meant to her. So what that meant to her was that um, she was the good girl who wasn't going to turn her grandfather in. She was doing what she was supposed to do. She and yeah. she had an older brother who was always getting into trouble. And so she had to be the good girl who did everything she was supposed to do because she saw how upset her parents always were when her brother would cause some issues or whatever. So she had to be the good girl. And this is why she buried that secret because she knew how upsetting this would be to everyone. So she just did what she was supposed to do, which she thought was not to say anything. So, um, I mean, that is a very traumatic event. Mm. It's not it happened to everyone, but, um, my own personal journey is I brought up, I was brought up in a, an alcoholic dysfunctional, very chaotic and sometimes violent home. And I discovered my belief. Uh, I was, uh, I'm six foot one. And when I was a kid, I was taller, head and shoulders taller than all the kids in my class. And I hated that because I felt different. And of course, you know, kids do what kids do. They make fun of you when Jolly Green Giant and, you know, back then, you know, Jolly Green Giant was well, a big I, I get easy. I got, I got the complete opposite because I'm nowhere near that height. I'm a lot smaller than, than both of you. <laughs> so, um, anyway, my belief was that I was different and somehow that was bad. Uh, it's not good to be different. Mm. And I also thought about things differently. And when people would say things to me about like, oh, well, that just happened. And I think, gee, that's not what I thought about it at all. And I thought there's something weird about me. I'm just, I'm tall and I'm skinny and I'm, I think different. So I'm just weird. And so everything 
that was around me in this alcoholic household, like, you know, you never do anything good enough. You're not, you don't get enough, your grades, um, you know, you can do better, you know, what's the matter with you? Are you stupid? You know, things like that, that were said to me. So mm -hmm. it just reinforced this belief that I'm not enough. I'm, uh, I'm just a loser. I'm just a person who has no value. That's the way I thought about it. Mm -hmm. And so as I got older, actually, when I was 14, I tried to commit suicide. And after that, I thought to myself, um, because it didn't work, I was embarrassed. Um, and I just wanted to forget about it. So it was never talked to my parents, never discussed it with me. It was never discussed with me. Um, we just went on like it never happened. And so that was fine with me. I just wanted to pretend it never happened. And luckily for me, that was when I was um, in eighth grade. And the, the following year, I went into a high school where there was much um, a much bigger crowd of people to be able to make friends with and, you know, just things the universe gave me the gift of having uh, friends who were supportive and loving and that made a huge difference for me. And so I went on with my life, but all those issues of what I felt about myself, those didn't go away. I just stuffed them down and chose not to look at them. Those were, you know, like um, so many red doors. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I, as I, I used to be a very angry person. I mean, when my kids were little, I would, I treated them like my parents treated me because that's what I thought that parenting was. And I realized how angry I was. And I tried not to be angry, but it just seemed to like, just come where I didn't really have much control out of it. Fast forward to 2002 and I'm diagnosed with kidney cancer. And uh, someone gives me a book when I'm home recuperating called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And she talks about the mind-body connection, what you believe about yourself and the energy of what you believe and how it manifests in your body and different emotions, which I call energy emotions, emotions, that's an energy and Negative energy is like a muddy, slushy, you know, big black hole. And when we don't let go of it, it sits in that part of our body and anger uh, will tend to collect um, around the midsection, um, around the kidney and the um, uh, urinary tract, etc. And that's where my anger was being stored and that what happened to me, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer, because I'd been storing so much negative energy of anger in my body, that it had to become cancer, it was literally eating me, eating away at me. So when I discovered that it was mind blowing, I thought I never, no one ever told me what you believe or what you think about yourself creates an energy that you store in your body, like holy mackerel, I need to know more about this. If I really loved myself and liked myself, if I could create a, a disease in my body because I hated myself, what could I do if I loved myself? Yeah. Like, wow, I need to know more about this. So that's when I really started studying the mind-body connection um, and what we believe about ourselves, what we think about ourselves, how that manifests in our body and how that energy also projects out to create the world around us. Um, if we believe we don't have value, we attract abusive people. If we believe we don't have value, we attract jobs where there's abusive bosses. Uh, I mean, the, it just goes on because that's what we believe. So that's the world we live in. And we create everything to re, re to support that because that's our belief. So the air process helps you say, wait a minute, I don't want that belief anymore. I want to believe in I want to feel valuable about myself, even though I don't right now. So then we kind of go through what each, each person has like a treasure box full of gifts that they were born with. And very few of us really take the time to realize those gifts and utilize those gifts to give us joy and to share with the world. Because when you're doing something that you're good at, that you feel passionate about, that makes you feel good that's where you project it out to the world. And that feeds your body with positive, high vibrating energy. And so as we assess these beliefs and reconstruct them, 
revisit like, so what is, what are you passionate about? What do you like to do? And then I can sort out from what they tell me, I can identify what their gifts are. And then I'll say, that sounds like you have the gift of whatever it is. And they'll, and it takes them a while to like, really like acknowledge that. Like, yeah, I, I guess I do. And then mm. once you realize that somebody else saw something about them that maybe they thought once or twice, but they never really did anything about like, wow, maybe this is true. And that gets them on the path to reconstruct their beliefs based on the value of who they are and what they want to have and be in the world. Well, you mentioned this, sorry, Trish, um, about um, doing good things or sorry, having a, a good belief um, gives us this, uh, an outcome of good things happening and you know, having bad beliefs or negative thoughts, probably or, negative energies um giving us negative outcomes essentially do you think that difference is based upon actually we just become more aware of seeing you know if bad things are happening we only notice the bad things if you've got sorry get my words right if we've got a negative thought then we're only ever going to see negative things and if you've only got positive thoughts then we're only going to see positive things Is, is that what's going on there or do you think there's something deeper absolutely it's not just it's not just your thoughts. I mean, your thoughts come from what you believe, right? So if you believed that you were really, really valuable in the world, you would, what you think about your thoughts mirror your beliefs. So your thoughts are, I really like this. I'm valuable. So therefore I'm loved and I am a loving person. So therefore I'm attracted to everything that's good and positive. And I'm attracted to those things because I have that higher level of vibration and positivity uh, that I believe about myself and I'm operating in the world at that higher level. So therefore I see everything at that higher level. The same thing with negative people. I mean, we all know those negative people. Like you can say, oh, look at what a beautiful sunshiny day it is out. Yeah, and that yeah. person can say, yeah, but I heard it's going to rain later. Or, yes. you know, they're going to find something negative. Negative people tend to hold on to negativity because they, they think this is not true, but they think that somehow they can control the negativity that happens around them, if they're prepared for it, that somehow it will be better when the negativity hits. But what yeah. they're doing is it, it, it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy is what happens. The only way yeah. to control negativity is to um, vibrate higher at a positive uh, level. And when something negative happens, you say, oh, okay, this is something I'm not crazy about, but you know what? I'll get through it because on the other side of this, there's always good stuff. I mean, that's how you control negativity. You don't let it possess you. Yeah, I mean, I so suppose what they're saying, you know, the same walls that you use to protect yourself also restrict, you know, your levels of opportunity as well. And so... That's perfect. That's a perfect thought. What you use to protect yourself, it does protect you, but it also limits everything that comes to you. You've got the yeah. walls up. You're in, you're in a self-imposed prison. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've definitely seen a lot of people who almost do protect themselves, well, believe they're protecting themselves by um, having that negative thought about everything or almost scared to enjoy anything positive. Yes. Yes, because they believe that if they allow themselves to enjoy something, they're going to have their heart broken when it goes bad. Mm. And that's all they can think about is the, uh, the flip of it. They can't enjoy the good part of it because they're too worried about the flip side of it. Mm. And I, I heard something quite interesting about managing something like that, which is um, there's it's no point worrying about whether it's going to go wrong or if you're going to be betrayed or if something bad is going to happen what you should concern yourself with is where how how well you're prepared to deal with it uh, you know because it, it's quite possible it could happen and and constantly worrying about it is not the best way to manage it it's just knowing in yourself that when it does you're able to handle it and that all comes from that positive belief about yourself because mm. when you believe that 
you believe that you have value and you believe positive things about yourself, then you recognize that if something comes along, you can deal with it. Yeah. But, yeah. but when you think negative yeah. about yourself, when something negative happens, how many times you've seen this from people who are negative, it gets so angry. You just kind of lose <laughs> it because it's one more thing that's happening to them that they can't deal with. And what mm. they don't realize is they're actually creating the problem much more worse, much more intense by looking at it all negative, negatively. So I think the, um, I mean, the, the, the springboard of, you know, having a good belief system uh, equaling uh, and fulfilling, you know, your best life um, fundamentally is is brilliant. But how would you, how, how do you encourage people who are not so um, able to believe in themselves to, to this level of um, positive emotion and, and, and struggle and uh, re in that sort of self pity or lack of confidence like what, what would you say to people how, how do you inspire them to sort of come out of these these circles uh, so what I say to people is the first like you know that's the first question is well how do I do this how do I start mm -hmm. so the first thing I tell them is um, we've all heard mindfulness. We've all heard that term. It's, you know, it's become actually a marketing term. It's so popular, but <laughs> being mindful, people are discovering that mindful is just being aware. So being aware of what's going on around you in every moment, what the truth of that is and what, how you are reacting to whatever is going on, how paying attention. So if someone says something to you that is insulting, you are you everybody has a different level of intensity that they may react to that but you have to notice a your intensity about it b why is that an intense reaction for you and c what can i do to get rid of that so a is the first step is paying attention when something happens that you don't like watching how you react to that. That's the first most important thing. So if something bad happens to you, someone says something to you, you need to pay attention to your reaction. Now, once you have the, you're going to have the reaction and then afterwards, you're going to think about it. If you really want to work on this process, it's hard to catch yourself in the middle of it when you first start, because as soon as you react to something, your fight or flight uh, mechanism steps in and your body creates, you know, cortisol and adrenaline, and it takes the blood flow from your head and, and throws it to your limbs, your legs and your arms, because that's how your body would help you fight or run away, flee. So understand that you can't necessarily be mindful or aware in the moment that you're in reaction, because your brain is, you don't have enough blood flow to your brain to do that. But when you go when you come down from your reaction is when you need to start asking yourself like why did that trigger me why did that upset me as much as it did and i especially ask people to pay attention to the intensity of your reaction and the intensity of the problem so if somebody just said oh you're just stupid okay one person might say What's that person talking about? I'm not stupid. That's the person who believes in themselves. Another person might say, I can't believe they said that. How awful that is. And they may not even say anything. Yeah. Another person would have a more intense reaction and say, who do you think you're talking to? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then a third, an another person might come out and want to whack that person. So look at the intensity of your reaction against the intensity of what they said. If someone just said a word and you want to punch them, there's some very deep wounded beliefs around what you feel about yourself. So that's the first thing. Look at the intention, the intensity of your reaction versus the intensity of what happened, number one, and figure out, then we try to figure out what's the intensity, where did that come from? Then, this, then once you start to recognize that this is what you're triggering, you kind of Pay attention to other areas, other people, other situations that trigger you too. And you start to see a pattern. You start to see things that all kind of um, mimic each other. Like I always get upset when someone says something about that I'm not smart enough or, you know, there's always a theme. So 
Um, and once you identify what your pattern is, now you can pay attention when that pattern happens. And you'll go from, I recognize that this is my trigger. So I'm going to pay attention when the trigger shows up the next time. And then when the trigger shows up, you may still not be mindful during the reaction, but you'll catch yourself maybe midway through it this time. And then the next time it happens, you may not be mindful before it happens, but you'll recognize the trigger. You'll have less of an intense reaction. And while you're still mindful, this is my trigger and I shouldn't be reacting like this, but I recognize that this is my trigger. And so eventually you'll go from going through all of those steps to catching yourself before the trigger, recognizing it like, ah, that's a trigger for me. I'm backing up. And so it's a process of paying attention. Um, I love that. That's, that sounds quite similar to, um, well, I say it sounds quite similar to um, like CBT as well. Um, almost like, you know, having to recognize what it is that brings about those, those thoughts and then sparks those behaviors. Oh, that's, that sounds quite awesome. So I, I wanted to, because I know, because I've spoken to you about it before, I wanted you to tell a little bit more about how you, because you mentioned you touched on having, um, <clears throat> touched on having uh, the kidney failure. And, and I wanted you to tell a little bit more about kidney, sorry, kidney cancer. And I wanted to tell a little bit more about that story. Okay, uh, my discovery. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so um, when I was diagnosed with kidney cancer, my children were young. And um, 10 months prior to my diagnosis, my father-in-law had died from kidney cancer. So of course, and I had no symptoms whatsoever. Kidney cancer is in that um, the same kind of category as pancreatic cancer in that it doesn't usually have symptoms um, and you don't know you have it until it's metastasized someplace um, and, it, and it has symptoms. So uh, to, to have this diagnosis where my father-in-law had just died 10 months prior was of course, you know, so scary. And I thought, my God, my first thought was I have young children. I, I can't. So, you know, when I heard that, I thought this is a death sentence. And I, and I thought, what is the, what is the uh, coincidence here? There can't be a coincidence between the fact that my father-in-law died from this disease 10 months prior to me. And now I have it like, what is that? That, that seems a little too coincidental. That's when I, my intuition really kicked in. And I thought there's something more about this. Like, what is this? this this can't be just a coincidence. So every day I, I prayed to my higher power, help me see what I need to see and know what I need to know. I wanted to know the answer to this. Um, many of us um, will bury like that woman that I was telling you about, she had buried what had happened to her because they don't want to look at it. It's a traumatic experience. You don't want to look at it. And I just felt like there's something very deep about this that I need to find out. So for two weeks, it took me daily saying, help me see what I need to see. Help me know what I need to know. And the two weeks came when I was home recuperating from, they took my kidney and I was at home waiting for it to be biopsied to see if uh, there had been any um, travel outside of the kidney. They, buy, they took uh, tissue from around the kidney, different lymph areas around the kidney, et cetera, to see if they found any cancer cells there. So while I was waiting for that biopsy, um, I was reading this Louise Hay book. And when she asked the part of why do you need to have this in your life? Because I wanted to know, I felt like somebody just plugged me into a socket, like the electricity went through my body, like, oh my gosh, I know exactly why I created this disease in my body, why I needed to have this in my body. And that was because when my father-in-law was first diagnosed and it looked like he may not survive this, he told my husband and I that he was going to be leaving us some money that he had inherited from his father. And at the time we were living in this little, small, little uh, bungalow house. And my daughter was, you know, becoming a teenager and lots of hysteria over not having privacy and so forth. And I thought I need a bigger house and that will make my family happy. So that's what I kept thinking as I, and so when my father-in-law said that, I thought, Oh, yay, when he dies, we're going to get a new house. And then that, <laughs> side, that guilt side of me would kick in and say, oh, 
You're terrible. I can't believe that you're thinking that. You want him to die so you can have a new house. This is terrible. And this went on for like two or three years. Like mm. me, like thinking, ooh, new house. And then feeling, feeling guilty about it. Like I'm a bad person for thinking that. And so what I realized when that lightning bolt hit me, when I asked myself, why do you need this? Is I knew I had stored all this negative energy from growing up in that dysfunctional alcoholic home. And so I had to create it as a, the same disease as my father-in-law to punish me because now I had his money. When I was diagnosed, I was, we were two weeks into this new house we built with that money. Two weeks we were in that I was diagnosed. And so I knew like, oh my God, if I could do that because of how much I hate myself, what could I do if I really loved myself? And I will say to you that now, 19 years later, I live a life that I could have never dreamed of. I'm happier than I could ever be. Abundance, love for my family, a wonderful marriage, I mean, everything. I live a life of thrive. And that's why I wrote the book, because I really want other people to live a life of thrive. I want other people to visit their negative self-sabotaging beliefs that are preventing them from living a life that they could have only dreamed of because it's available for every single one of us. Fantastic. Now, I really loved hearing the story um, that you told me before. And just, just kind of hearing what you're saying there, it almost sounds like, the, you know, actual, um, like actual karma almost, isn't it? It's almost like, you, you know, you've manifest, you, 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 you have these thoughts, you put these negative thoughts and they literally physically are coming back um, to you they so, do. whatever you put out there in your belief system is what comes back to you it's it's just like uh it's like an echo yeah i, I definitely hear that i had um with, with my own grandma to me was testament to um i suppose the power of belief and thought um and she was she was diagnosed with um uh, cats of the blood at the age oh, i think it was uh, age of 81, 82, um, and the doctors pretty much said, yeah, well, you, you know, you're, you're too old, unfortunately, to accept treatment, um, so there's not much that we can really do. And uh, her attitude was, no, I'm not ready to, to go yet, so I'm going to I'm gonna fight this. And, and she literally did, came, came through that, um, and then... Several years later, uh, she uh, was at church and she actually had a, a stroke whilst in in church and was like rushed to hospital and um, she'd lost a lot of function, but she still had um, some some mind functions going on. And you know, we were talking to her um, and we were telling her to, to to hold on. The family wants to come and say you know say their goodbyes to her, and we're all kind of rushing around like moments we had family from different parts of the world coming across and uh, and she literally <laughs> I was to say it, she literally stayed with us until every member of the family had come and visited and it was literally only past the last person that she decided almost to to let go and it was just like wow like yeah. this to me was all the power and the of, of thought the belief and as yeah. it's not my time I'm not ready I'm going to do this when I want to and for me, it's been a massive inspiration uh, and helped keep, I suppose, a big positive outcome on on anything and everything. Um, I, I suppose we've got you were talking about happiness um, as well, and and I think people's definition of happiness, um, I suppose, this potentially type of practice um, or realization makes you reassess actually what your definition of happiness is because for some people it could be mixed up in what they believe early doors to be what was needed to be happy but in mm -hmm. retrospect actually there are probably other parameters and distinguishes in life which actually mean makes them more happy and feel more fulfilled so yeah i do love that, that power of belief uh and see it as a, a way of working no yeah it's it, it's it is a definite thing, you know, it's, you know, just to believe, believe it to be true. And you literally do then start to manifest it.
So, you know, that's... that's what, about the, um, what about the things of uh, actual... Um, there's there's the, the thought of belief, but uh, have you heard of that experiment about the actual physicality of belief? As in, like, if you're feeling really grumpy, um, and, uh, you know, I've used it before, it, literally, if you get a, a, a pencil and you shove it to the... the between your lips, like far back in your mouth as you can, mm. almost to force a smile. If you hold that pencil there for two minutes, it lifts your mood. Now, <laughs> apart from obviously looking at yourself, thinking, why have I got a pencil in my mouth? And actually learning to laugh at yourself. It, there, there's some science behind actually, like, you, you know, you can, if you change the physical, you'll change the emotional. And, um, you know, I know we're talking about going through the emotional, bringing out the physical, but, yeah, I suppose there's some physical practices that could be used to. Yeah, uh, that's that's you. interesting. You said it. That's quite true. That's something. Um, there's also the uh, superhero pose that a lot of yes. people like yeah. to use as well. If you stand like a, a superhero for a certain for a period of time, it actually um, lifts your mood and makes you feel more confident. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I suppose there is a there is a physicality to it there as well. There yeah. is. Um, well, I would imagine that uh, for me, uh, if I did that with the pencil. Um, I would be laughing at what I looked like with that pencil in my mouth. Of course, that would make me laugh and smile. <laughs> try it. I can um, never get to the minutes. <laughs> um, but also in many uh, wellness programs, uh, I mean, you hear a lot about wellness programs in work. Wellness at work now is, is, is a big thing. And so, mon so many of those programs include some kind of movement because moving your body like moves that energy. If the energy is stuck someplace, if you're like really like, that person just said something to me, I just had a bad phone call with the client, whatever. When you have to get up and move and your blood starts circulating and like your body wants to be at a positive place, your body thrives physically when it's in a positive place. So your body mm. wants that. So as soon as you start moving, it's a signal to your brain, like, okay, we're done with that. Now we're moving on to this. So you can, so your body, your, your mind changes to follow the movement that's going on with your body. Wow. I must, uh, I must admit, um, I've been uh, trolling your Instagram a little bit. And um, <laughs> I, seen that, Alan, um, I told you not to do that. Why? I have to say I'm not as good with social media as I should be. Um, I went through a period of time. And if you go on my Daydreams Come True Facebook account and also um, mostly on my Instagram account, there's um, all these um, inspirational um, whatever you want to call them posts. They're like, you know, uh, forcing people to think like, um, what I see, you know, I can only see beautiful things. If I think beautiful, I can only see beautiful. If I think beautiful, you know, things like that. So if you go on, that's really, um, I tried to start a group, um, on my daydreams come true called, um, uh, you can fly because the idea is that, you know, now you, you, when you change your belief system and recognize the gift of who you are and your talents and your passions and how they can contribute to making your life happier, but also how you can contribute to the world with what your gifts are, that's true freedom. I call that, you know, I mean, for me, it felt like I could just go and be and do anything when I found that out about myself. And so um, I haven't been very good at getting people to join that group <laughs> to discuss <laughs> like what, what makes you feel free? What makes, you know, I really wanted to get um, conversations going to get people to look at um, what makes their life happy, like to define that for themselves and then realize, well, if I don't have that, what can I do to make it that way? Change your belief. It's in, it's interesting. Jesus. You sorry, sorry. It's in, sorry. I, I'll I'll leave. It's just uh, it's interesting you say that, um, Trish, because there was there's a video. There's some because uh, I tend to watch TikTok a lot, and as I said to Alan, it's University of TikTok is where I learn everything. Um, but there was a there was a young man that was going around literally asking people, "Are you happy?" Um, and they would either say yes or no. Um, and if they said yes, it would be why. Um, and they would. The, he would normally get a, a quite a profound speech of you know what what makes them happy what makes them happy, um, and then you'd hear from people that they'd say no I'm not and that I found that quite that more because a lot of people tend to just say oh yeah I'm fine or yeah but for somebody to show on be that honest and vulnerable to say you know no I'm I'm not happy 
and this is why I just I found that quite powerful. So yeah, I think your group, you know, I mean, hopefully we could probably help get some of our listeners to start jumping yeah. in there. And um, it, but I think that's it would be- what I was going to say exactly that. Mm. You know, <laughs> this is the platform to uh, to, to spread the word <laughs> on that. Yes, yeah, definitely. I would love to. I would love to. I mean, my mission since I've been able to create a life of thrive for myself um, through all the things that I've discovered about myself and healed mm. and changed about my belief system. I want, I guess, from a selfish standpoint, I want everybody to do this so that everybody I'm surrounded by is happy and mm. uh, want to have fun. I mean, that's all. I, I'm in a place now where I just, I don't want to be around any negative people anymore. Been there, done that. Doesn't serve me. Like, let's just, you know, have fun. Let's just, if something bad happens, we'll figure it out. Like, let's just enjoy our life. That's what that's. And I want everybody to be like that. <laughs> yeah. I think we all need a little bit of that now as well. Don't we? With everything that's been going on, yes. you know, I think, I think the world could benefit from a little bit of positive thinking. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Everybody. Can you imagine though, if everybody did discover um, their belief system, what's, what is their limitations and changed it into being positive and to loving who they are in the world. Can you imagine what an amazing world we would live in? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't get paid for anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. There's a lot of people that lose money. Would be happy to hand over their money because they're so happy. Money just floods to them. So they're happy to share it. <laughs> Yeah, but there'll be so many people who thrive and benefit from misery that they won't be happy. <laughs> there'd never be a there'd never be a balance. <laughs> okay. Do we have a negative thinker here? <laughs> uh, no, that would be it would be fantastic. I just think it's been it's we've had a a dark year, year and a half. Um, and there's a lot of people, I think. If, if I'm honest, I think there was a few people who were able to get through it just with, with positive thinking. I think just, you know, being positive about, about you know, going through that pandemic, which is something none of us have really experienced in our life. Um, you had to kind of, in order to kind of get through the, the darkness, you did have to think positive and kind of believe that you were going to, you were going to get through that. So I think, yeah, positive thinking has definitely helped, well, helped me and my, my guys through, um that difficult time i can imagine it's helped a lot i also think that people need to um part of discovering um the value of who you are and how you what your value in the world is it's to look at the world through the big picture like look at the world through you know google earth <laughs> like <laughs> up here and look mm. at here i am in this like when we just look at our life like this with our blinders on, like, this is my life. This is what it is. That's all we can see. But when you take yourself out of that and you look like as Google, if you look at like what's going on in the world, like, let me look at the big picture. You see that the first thing that struck me was this is such a minor issue, right? Mm. I mean, one person in the world, like uh, people are starving, people are dying, you know, et cetera. Um, this too shall pass number one. And number two, it's, it, it stops becoming just about you. It start, it, you're able to look at humanity from a different standpoint and realize that we all have these red doors. We all have these things that we're dealing with. And that person may be dealing with uh, the same thing as you or something different, but it's giving them as much suffering as pain as yours is. So it doesn't mean theirs is, you know, more important, their problem is more important than yours or yours more important than them. It doesn't matter. We all have different issues we're dealing with. And if we look at it from the big picture, like, wow, this is just, I'm just one person. I think I can deal with this. Mm. It gives you a completely different perspective and you're able to look at things like the pandemic from, okay, this is a once in a hundred year uh, thing that's happening to our world, to our culture. And I am part of the humanity that is happening to. It's not just happening to me. It's happening to so many people. And so many people are having a much worse time with it than I am. So I'm going to choose to be grateful for what I have because so many other people have 
much worse off than me. So I'm going to be grateful for what I have and really focus on the positive things that are in my life instead of having to wear a mask or, you know, mm-hmm. being afraid of getting out of my, going into a place without a mask or, you know, things that give us fear. Sorry. Can I just probe a little bit more about the, the, the book? Um, I think the book's called Daydreaming or Daydreams Come True. Come true. Daydreams come yeah. true. Yes. And, and I suppose you're, do I understand your sort of, um, I know your own thoughts about dreams themselves and whether, you know, uh, what inspired the title, um, whether actual, um, you have theories or beliefs about actual dreams as a, as a subject matter, um, you um, know, and whether you see any difference between the two, just. Not, not really dreams like sleeping dreams um, for me. Um, I have used daydreaming almost all of my life to escape where I was that I didn't want to be like growing in a different, growing up in an alcoholic household. So daydreaming is kind of what I did. And I think that helped me survive. And I think a lot of people are afraid to daydream because um, if they daydream of something that they want, it doesn't come true, then they feel bad. But when you envision what you want in your head, you create, you're creating it as an event in the world, if you want to follow up on it. Um, if, if you've ever listened to um, Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks, any, yes, any, mm-hmm. to that? yes, yes, yes. I think it's, uh, it takes 68 seconds for uh, a continual thought to become uh, anchored in reality in the world. And then when you keep, that's part of the expansion in the dare um, is to keep expanding, like just keep, like daydream yourself to what you want. Like put that vision in your head, experience yourself having that. So if you want to find, uh, you want to get a new car. Um, I want a blue car and, you know, whatever it is. So you picture yourself driving in it. You picture yourself having fun with your friends. And the most important thing I tell people is because the energy that attracts it is you have to pay attention to that. So feel how good that feels in your body when you have something that you want. So I tell people like, remember when you were a kid and you went someplace like the fair or someplace that was really exciting. Do you remember that feeling that goes through your body, that like electricity, that excited feeling that kind of goes through it. And it's like, Ooh, I'm so excited. I get that high vibration, positive, high vibration energy. So if you can feel that excitement when you envision and daydream what you want, now you're adding uh, energy that attracts it in the universe to come to you. So the more you do that, the more you attract it, the more you create it, the faster it comes to you. And that's how I've, since I've discovered all of this, that's how I've lived my whole life. I, I don't get out of bed in the morning until I do, I do a deep breathing meditation and I just, um, I call it, you know, uh, um, connecting with my internet. So I yeah. breathe in and then I picture any negativity leaving as I exhale. And I picture only love and good energy coming into me as I inhale. And I do that. And whenever my mind wanders, I come back to just focusing on envisioning um, good energy coming into my body on the inhale and bad energy leaving my body on the exhale. And I actually create an intention for my day. I am grateful for all the gifts of love that come to me this day and all the wonderful things that are coming to me in the world because I am loved. I am loved. And I am so looking forward to this wonderful day to see what beautiful gifts of love are going to come to me. And every day is just always awesome. And it's it's not that bad things don't happen to me. It's just that when they do, I look at them and say, mm, how important is this really? Mm, not really that important. Okay, I'll deal with it. I'll let it go. You know, it'll get better as soon as I take care of this, blah, blah, blah. You know, like it doesn't own me anymore. Whatever happens, I don't wallow in it anymore. I just mm, look at yeah. it and say, this is what it is. Okay, I know what I need to do to, to solve this. And that's what I'll do. And it, it doesn't mean anything anymore. I think that reassessment of... Um you know, priority or perspective on on that problem is uh, is key, and the ability to be able to almost recognize it as an external challenge, not 
a definition of who you are immediately um, sets your frame of mind. Yeah, I think I think it, as I, as we said earlier, it's not about whether you know preparing yourself um, for bad things as such. You know, you know, keeping yourself aware of bad things coming your way because we know they're going to happen. It's about whether you have have enough going on inside you to be able to deal with it when it does. Um, and that's, as you said, that positive thinking, that thinking positively and being positive about the fact that you can handle the situation when it arises is what you really need rather than, you know, trying to be prepared, you know, worrying about every little negative thing that's going to come your way. Exactly. And how exhausting that is to think about It is. That. It really is. I know because I used to do it. <laughs> so, did so did I. So did I. Uh, but now um, life is not exhausting. <laughs> it's not exhausting anymore. It's crazy. It is. It's like a weight lifts. Yes. It's like a weight lifts. Uh, Trish, you've been fantastic. Well, I was going to say, um, I wondered if we were going to squeeze in a, uh, a Google um somehow <laughs> uh, oh we normally do it yes we, we've kind of we've created the um this new section this new segment in the show where alan asks google because he's i think he's having a relationship with google at the moment because he, he speaks to google every single time to give us google's idea of what what it is that we're talking about so what have you got for us well, because um, it's not really a, a specific, you know, word or term that we're looking at. And oh, are you going to do the jingle? Or Alan asks Google. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to create one. I promise you. I'm going to create yeah. one to stick in there. I promise we'll have some you. Decent in there. Um, <laughs> on, on my, uh, I see my Google finds. Uh, I say a bit of trolling on there. Uh, poor Trish here but I, I did discover that she absolutely loves a selfie I found <laughs> several plastered across the Google some looking ah. in a kind of a brutal pose ready for action sure <laughs> ready to calm down but, was, uh, was but I, uh, are, I actually I, don't like selfies those are just old pictures from all the years I've been you know, doing <laughs> I wouldn't recommend Googling my, myself because yes, there's a few embarrassing ones there. Uh, <laughs> to be but um, uh, found, oh, well, I, did, I did see a quote, actually, uh, that you have a favourite son. Not many people kind of go, yes, that's my favourite. <laughs> it's just <laughs> their own name. Or, um, or whether actually, no, you decided, no, this one is the favourite out of, um, well, I don't know you personally, how <laughs> many <laughs> children you, you know, yeah. But yes, you've got a favourite, which is a... Uh, um, well, I only and, have one son, so he can be my favorite. That's why he's a favorite. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. And um, I was uh, I was quite moved actually by um, there was a, a lot and lots of praise and reviews um, about how you've helped uh, empower people, change their lives. Um, and I think you know that that you know I, I suppose I just uh, would uh, reiterate their, um, their their sentiment. It, it, it definitely comes across that this is um, inspirational work. Um, totally valid uh, and thing something that people should definitely look to to get involved with um and yeah it was definitely inspiring and um yeah thank you for doing today oh thank you i i that's my mission in life is to help inspire people to find their better self no it's been Perfect. definitely definitely fantastic it has been very um um what's the word i'm looking for yeah i suppose inspiring it has been for me it's made me think about a lot of things and um just more along the lines of um, that being concerned, because I've, I've dealt with a few a few people this week who have just been thinking that nothing good can happen for them. It's all very negative and kind of living in that negative space and just yeah. kind of understanding that it's not about the whether it's going to happen or not. It's are you prepared to deal with it? Um, so now you've been fantastic. It has been really inspiring. It's really been great um, having you. So where can, where can our listeners find you where would they where would they so, uh, my website is patriciaheights.com patricia h-e-i-t-z.com um my book daydreams come true you can buy it off my website or you can buy it off amazon and i just want to reiterate that it's a workbook so mm. it's not a book where you read it and get advice uh the book is less about me and more about the reader the idea is that the questions in there ask you thought-provoking questions about your beliefs to get you to really think about and write down 
what is important about what you believe about yourself. And it takes you through that process. Um, so you identify what you, uh, what you want to have. And then we ask, we go through a process of why you don't have that and what could be causing that. And then we go through, we kind of go through the dare program, although I don't call it dare in the book. Um, so there's six chapters and I actually do um, workshops on the six chapters where um, every week we do one chapter and your homework is to take what we discussed in the chapter and apply it to your life. And then we come back the following week and how did that go? What did you get stuck anywhere? Did you have any triggers that you could control or manage, blah, blah, blah. Then little by little, you can see how people are changing. I, the last one that I did, it was in the spring and um, it was really so rewarding to me because there were three women in the workshop that um, the theme, it's funny how the universe works. So they all had sons that they had uh, communication issues with. So two of them knew each other from an Al-Anon group uh, because both of their sons were in their early 20s and had addiction issues. Mm. And the third had a son who was autistic and mm. she was trying to find how she could communicate better with his son. And so it was so lovely that everybody had the same theme of um, having communication with their son. And it was so rewarding. Like even after, I think it was the third week, the one woman came back and said, and she would always come back and say, this is how I applied. Like she really followed the book to the T and yeah. she came back and she said, I just want to tell you that I had a conversation with my son for the first time in probably six months, we had a good conversation. And at the end of the conversation, he actually said, mom, I love you. She oh, said that wow. in her eyes. And she said that hasn't happened in such a long time. Wow. He learned how to communicate with him at his level and not make it about her. Yeah. She made it about him and understanding what his wounds are, et cetera. And what she, she was able to let go of what she believed he should be doing, he should be saying what should be happening in his life. Like she got rid of all the shoulds and just kind of um, addressed him as another person instead of judging him. And that made all the difference. Um, and that was just one of the many things that happened and it was so rewarding. That's fantastic. Your book truly is magical, man. Truly is magical. It, it changed my life. It's changed the life of other people who have uh, worked through it, yeah. Fantastic. So what are you reading at the moment? What am I reading at the moment? Um, yeah. A friend of mine um, wrote a book. Um, his name is Michael Bradford, and he sent me a book, and he asked me to uh, read it and um, review it, and it's called Your Intuition, um, which is very much you know, really understanding how your intuition works. It's still you know, with your belief mm. system, et cetera. So I'm always reading things that help me help people better. Like, yeah. I don't read like novels or anything like that. I, I walk every day with my dog and I listen to auditory books on, you know, breathing techniques and how to tell better stories and like everything that helps me be better at what I can do for the world. So that's Very what I'm Fantastic. Excellent. Okay. So I think we covered everything. I'm feeling a hell of a lot more positive at the moment. I mean, it's what, what time is it over where you are, Tris? Uh, it's 4.51 p.m. I'm in New York time. So you're pretty much starting, well, you're in the afternoon now. Yes. Yeah, so yes. we're getting to the end of end of our day. It's, it's pretty nice. Uh, it's, it's, it's coming up to 10 o'clock now over here. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> so now I'm like still to, smiling, though. Still yeah, smiling. we're still, no, because it's been great. As now you've, you've, yeah, it's been great listening to you. I've, I've loved, I loved your story the first time I heard it. I was, I'm glad our listeners Thank have had the opportunity you. to um, listen to it also. Um, and with that, I'd, I'd like to say thanks for, for coming on. You know, it's been great. I, I hope to have you on, on, on again, actually. That would be, love it. be fantastic. No, it's been great talking to you. Might be fun to take questions from people. Yes, that's what, we'll, that's what we'll do. If you do have any questions, it's out to listeners, Dev, and if you have any questions for Trish, please, um, you know, send us through on the emails, um, which are, as I've always said, info at capablemindset.com. Um, Alan, you got anything going on at the moment? Uh, like I say, I'm, I'm still working on my uh, my, my podcasting and the uh, the University of um, uh, of TikTok. <laughs> Sorry, um, and so that's that's where my my world is uh, and my head and focus are at present. 
Um, I am looking at a bit of a, um, a bit of impetus and relaunch. I know it's a bit early to be talking about, it, I suppose, but in the in the new year, um, not really branding as such, but yes, just some more impetus and looking to, um, as always, just trying to reach as many people as possible with the with the messages. And it, it's um, I always find it quite funny in and amongst all of our separate practices how elements all align we all have the same goal you know with, with dare and uh, as as your um, as your methodology uh, and your your model for for taking people through the process i've got a very similar one cut fire which again looks at the thoughts and the, the feelings and actions aspect and um but it's still it's you know, what the beliefs kind of um, driving the thoughts part, which I'm uh, most interested in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely kind of hooked in that. But, yeah, I suppose I've got, I'm looking at forward to, to, to Halloween. That's, that's <laughs> coming up soon. Like, getting dressed up. I do love an outfit. So, um, yeah, we know. do watch this. <laughs> <laughs> we know. I'll have an outfit and, uh, yeah, that, that'll be me. That'll be Fantastic. me. Fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have to say, I've been told, because I had, a, had an interesting conversation, I actually did an um, a interview for a podcast, a friend of mine, which should be coming out sometime next week, but he, after the show, uh, we, were, we got talking, and he's, I may have to be joining you, Alan, on um, TikTok, he's advised me that I need to start getting my videos out there, he, he talked me board. into it, Welcome so I think, I think you might see me Fair spandex and all sorts, mate. Oh, I don't know if we've gone that far. <laughs> but, yeah, so <laughs> that's something I've been kind of considering, you know, just kind of to get out there a little bit more, a few more videos. And um, it's it just kind of finishing touches for the website that should be launching next week, along with the, then the new, well, the second edition of the book should be coming out um, the end, end of, well, uh, December time is when I'm looking to to relaunch that. Just in time for Christmas, just in time for Christmas exactly. Put a little bow on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, I think that's all, that's all we've got time for for today. Once again, I want to thank Trish for for joining us, and I'm, I'm sure you'll be thank joining us much. again sometime thank soon. You've really, oh, really. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Fantastic, and um. Yeah, I suppose that's all, all we've got for this week. Um, thanks, guys, for tuning in. You know where to find us. It's capablemindset.com. That's kpablemindset.com. You know where to find Alan. He is at, go for it, Al. I'm at the Al Coach on TikTok. I'm at the underscore Al underscore coach on Instagram. And the usuals, alcoach.co.uk interweb. Fantastic. And all I will be making sure to put all of uh, Trish's details in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks again. See you next week. Take care, guys. Bye.